Back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You're listening on the block, 93.7 The Ticket. I am Nate Brennan. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland. We want to hear from you. Start our text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Have to give a shout-out to Evan Bland here. Uh, I, I didn't have it down in my notes correctly. Had a little bit of a mess up. Evan is usually supposed to join us at 2.30 on Wednesdays. If you guys are looking at your clock right now, it's 3.30, so we appreciate him for being flexible. Evan, I hope you're not too upset with this. How are you doing, my man? Doing well. You know, you just take a page out of uh, Nebraska's playbook. You expect <laughs> adversity as the season goes on, and how do you respond? And so here we are. Let's chat. Hey, well, I'll tell you what, Evan. You, you responded a little bit well better than Nebraska. hey So uh, Evan Bland, <laughs> Omaha World Herald, joining us. Uh, Evan, I'll just go ahead and ask you. Um your biggest takeaway from the game, and I know that's a loaded question, but quite a few things went right, quite a few things went wrong. What's kind of your biggest takeaway from this past Saturday? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. I, to me, when I look at an opener especially, I'm always the most curious to see where was the biggest disconnect from what we heard in fall camp, because, again, we get to see very little of practice ourselves, and what shows up in the game. And so I think to me, the answer to that was the defensive pass rush and, and how non-existent it was at times. I mean, throughout they, they didn't pressure the quarterback. There were multiple occasions where, um, you know, I, I was watching uh, on TV and it, and it was just like, okay, you know, third and long, this is that moment where somebody at that position that, that, um, you know, it has been sort of put out there as maybe one of the strongest on the team, was it's their time to make a play and it just didn't happen. And some of that, I think you can chalk up to Northwestern being a little conservative and, and they ran it on some third and longs to set up some field goals a couple of times. So maybe that plays a part of, of it. But, um, you know, I, I was surprised that that element of Nebraska's defense didn't play a bigger role. I thought, um, you know, the, the lines of scrimmage to me were concerns going in. And I think that remained the same, you know, that offensive line is going to need to continue to, coalesce if that ground game is going to get going on, on the one hand and and you know from that defensive front um you know you didn't expect northwestern to just out physical nebraska the way that they did so i think those parts were big concerns um you know i i, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it but i think there were some notable silver linings though as well i thought what brian buscini did as a punter um you know makes what he did if he can continue that performance through the season, he'll he'll represent a major upgrade at that position, um, much greater than what Nebraska's had under Scott Frost before that. And I think Casey Thompson was really impressive too. I mean, there were he was victimized by six drops, and yeah. uh, a couple of those uh, turnovers were pretty fluky. I thought the, the fumble that was at least ruled a fumble, and then the one interception, um, you know, off a receiver's hands. But he seems like a guy who. Uh, Nebraska identified in the offseason as someone who could help them win games, and I think he definitely proved that he could do that. So uh, ultimately a mixed bag, right? If Nebraska had won by three, I think the same things would still be true, the, the strengths and the weaknesses that came out. Um, but certainly I think there's concern uh, from the perceived weaknesses that they showed. I think there's a concern that uh, you know it's going to be difficult to fix those here as the season continues on. 
So, Evan, uh, thank you once again, as always, for joining us on the block. So, some of the things that we all we all know is Frost is right now five and twenty-one in one-score games at Nebraska. Uh, there's a big date coming up October 1st. There's some games still to be had. You have Georgia Southern. You have as well North Dakota. North Dakota up first this uh, upcoming weekend. And then you have the big Oklahoma game. Following that, October 1st, you also have Indiana that shows up. But there's something that's also big that's happening with that date is that that is the date that the University of Nebraska, Trev Albers, and, and the powers that be have the option of a 50% drop from a $15 million uh, dollar payout buyout to a 7.5. What do you think it's going to take for Scott Frost to not have a buyout firing on that October 1st date? Well, you know, I think for it to happen on October 1st, uh, there'd have to be some serious free fall that continues here. I think they'd have to maybe lose one of these next two at home. Uh, you know, maybe get, blown out um against indiana like i i just i'm i agree that that's certainly a notable date and that's uh you know when you look at the, the language of the contract it pretty much sets up a scenario where scott frost is going to get at least six games to show what they can what he can do and what nebraska can do i still personally am of the mind that that that'll continue um, into late October, probably into November, either way, in, in my opinion. Um, Nebraska is not tended to be a school that's even when it has fired coaches, and, and we know that it has. That, that doesn't happen during the season, that they're able to ride that thing through. So I, I personally don't kind of view that as the date that, that the world could change, at least when it comes to Nebraska football. Um, but, you know, again, there are, there are opportunities – to come. I think these next two weeks, while you certainly can't drop these games, um, these are important weeks for Nebraska's uh, still new coaching staff and still new group of transfers to coalesce. And, and I thought Eric Chenander made a good point today where, when he said, you know, it'd be nice if we had sort of an NFL preseason game or two to, to get things going, to get everyone on the same page in live action. And you don't get that luxury at this level. And so I think that's the, the important part of these next two weeks and then, I mean, there's no doubt when Oklahoma comes to town, whatever state they're in with a new coach and, and all the new transfers that they have, um, there's no doubt that if you beat the Sooners in Lincoln, the conversation changes again. It, I mean, it just does. It would be that big of a win. It would easily be uh, the best win that Nebraska's had under Frost. So, you know, I, I think that's that's sort of your next turning point. And then you you go into Big Ten play and you have Indiana and Rutgers, which is, um, you know, if you're if you're asking for a ramp up into some harder parts of the schedule, that's about as friendly as you can ask for at this yeah. point. So I think that there are absolutely opportunities out there. Um, I think we have to remember again how many new faces are here, and and if, if a lot of the problems that uh, we saw in the opener persist for the next month, um, you know, th there could be some trouble. But I do think there are opportunities still to change the conversation in the next six weeks. Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald joining us. Evan, I know you're a numbers guy, so I want to throw this at you and just see how you interpret it because Strick brought up the 5-21. and 21. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. Before the onside kick, Nebraska had an 88% in-game win probability. This was the seventh time Nebraska lost a game under Scott Frost when it had at least an 80% chance at some point in time to win the game and the fourth time in the last nine games. Um, do you think that this is a trend that can be reversible or is this just one of those that it's like 
this just is what it is. This is how Scott Frost is, and this is just how the team is going to respond to adversity. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that old uh, gambler's fallacy, right? Like that just because something happened doesn't affect the chances of it happening again. And But I think you can kind of fall into that here-we-go-again mentality. I mean, there's yeah. there's no doubt about it. When that onside kick was recovered by Northwestern and they go down and score – I don't, you know, anybody who's followed this team can kind of get that vibe that, you know, oh boy, you know, you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop um, a little bit. And, and, and certainly it did. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's remarkable, right? Because like you would think in this run that Nebraska either would have been blown out at some point or they would have just lucked their way into a victory at yeah. some point. Maybe yeah. the the opponent makes a mistake or they come through in the clutch or whatever. And and so it's I mean, the the odds that <laughs> that Nebraska's now lost, you know, what was it, the nine games last year and one out one this year, so ten games by single digits. I mean it's it is. It's remarkable. And and what I think is interesting, and I'm gonna write about this uh, a little bit later this week, is the psychology of it when you talk about guys who have been through the last year plus and the guys who have not. And, and so you're talking about, you know, Garrett Nelson taking it hard after the game, Caleb Tanner on Tuesday talking about how difficult it is to overcome this particular loss because of how much he believes in this team. And then you have transfers who, uh, you know, have experiences elsewhere who haven't sort of been beaten down week after week by these statistical long shots, guys like Casey Thompson who are saying, hey, we'll be fine. And ultimately, you know, one of those sort of viewpoints is going to win out. Um, and it, it's just fascinating to, to see that sort of contrast in real time. But there's no doubt, like if you've been a part of that for, for multiple years now, yeah. um, it would be very difficult to, to believe and to overcome that. And, and to, to build that up in the offseason, just to have this exact same thing happen in the opener that ha- happened all last year, that's going to take a lot of, I think, mental – fortitude to overcome that and to turn this thing around. Evan, thanks again for always joining us. I have one more question for you, unless Nate is going to pick up my back and and jump in as well. Uh, (laughs) But at this point there, 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 there has been accountability that has been, you know, spoken of. Uh, Would you consider what Scott Frost said uh, with regard to, there needed to be more creative creativity on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, would you consider that a slight or some type of jab at, at Coach Whipple? And do you expect him to, you know, in, in, in hindsight of that comment, to start taking more onus on the offensive side? Or is he still going to – would you think – would you expect him to take a hands-off approach? Well, we, we got a clarity on that the last couple of days. I mean, Scott Frost yesterday sort of laid out that – what he meant was uh, creativity when it comes to the run game and just, you know, you can't expect in the big 10 to just hand the ball off um, and, and let your running back create and expect that to be successful because the defenses are too strong, too good. Um, and so they needed to find better ways to do that. And then Mark Whipple today uh, chatted with us after practice and uh, he was asked like, if he, if he took offense to it and he said, no. And was there tension? And he said, you know, you're working through that. What I thought was interesting that he said today was, you know, he was asked, did he kind of get the sense that it was difficult for Scott Frost to to take a step back from calling plays? And, and, and you know, Scott said as much uh, about how difficult a transition that's been at times. And and, and Whipple kind of came back and just said, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a problem with it when we're scoring touchdowns. So, 
you know, I think there's um, that's part of the the transition that's going on. Um, you know, the Northwestern game was an interesting example because you think back to what was successful against them last year. They threw in some option runs. They threw in a lot of uh, you know off tackle runs as well, and they went to more of a, a pass heavy sort of approach this year. And and you know, for to Scott's credit, I thought he said, you know, hey, look, if I were the the offensive coordinator, I would not want someone else breathing down my neck. I'd want to be uh, free to do what I do. And so that's what he's left Mark Whipple to do. And, you know, again, I think they showed for three quarters that that thing can work and that Casey Thompson can be that guy and that they have the receivers and the tight end to make this thing work. Uh, They just stalled in the fourth. And so, um, you know, we'll see as it goes along, if those struggles persist, what that dynamic might look like. But, you know, you brought in somebody like Mark Whipple to to do it because he's done it elsewhere. He's a you know veteran coach, and so I think uh, you know if if one game changes your philosophy on that, you probably have bigger issues than just you know what plays are being called. Evan, we're running out of time, but if people want to get more great content from you throughout the season, how can they do so? Yeah, uh, you know, on Twitter at Evan Bland OWH and our website Omaha.com. Uh, we're we're turning out lots of stuff this time of year, man. It's uh, the throws of the season when recruiting picks up, transfer portal, all that. Uh, after the season, of course, that'll be going on there as well. But uh, yeah, th- th- those would be the places to go, and and hopefully people check it out because there's certainly never a dull moment around here. Evan, we appreciate you, and hopefully this upcoming Saturday we will have a little bit more success against North Dakota. You be good. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Great stuff coming from him throughout this entire season. Can also get some baseball coverage from him as well. Uh, Lots of things happen in the transfer portal. I know they're going to start, I believe, uh, their practices up here pretty soon, too. So definitely want to stay in tune for all of that. Coming up. We'll have DP, we'll have Jay in studio. We'll have a little bit of a crossover with Old School. We'll get some of their thoughts. We'll keep this conversation rolling because it's game week. Time to beat North Dakota. Let's keep it rolling. You're listening on the block, 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com.